Hey there, guys and ghouls. You should tune in to Broadcast from the Belfry, a dark-humored and pop-culture-filled podcast for the morbidly curious. We cover literally everything from cryptids to ghosties to true crime, false crime, and the medium crime, which we're still trying to find. Folklore. Not the Taylor Swift album, but I have talked about it, and we've got plenty of other tangents and pop culture thrown in in between. What are your top three things we've covered in our first 50 episodes? Uh, I like it when nice gay couples have a chicken coop and nothing bad happens ever in the world that I live in. I like when there's squonk, because he's me, and I like knowing what happens if I have to go number two on a boat in the ye old times. I put that as mine too, the Kraken, and I have in parentheses poop decks. Nice. Also, uh, mummies. I love talking about mummies. And the Birkenhair Anatomy Murders, also in parentheses, skin books. I know that was not in your top three. That's probably in your bottom three. It definitely is. If you guys want to hear everything we said above, hear me groan when Georgia grosses me out, which happens a lot, and hear some real fun facts. I hope you tune in. In Georgia, what do we say to the potential listeners? Stay spooky. All right. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness. I am Emily. And I'm Danielle. And this is a true crime, cult, conspiracy, encrypted podcast. Yeah. You got all all of them. Yep. Um, I sure did. Okay. <laughs> So, this time it is my turn to tell the story. For some odd reason, I'm so scared you're going to do my story. Really? (laughs) Yes, I don't know why. I'm like, oh my god, what if she does the story that I've been researching for a whole week? I'm going to be so upset. But you said yours is located in like a specific... Area. Area. And mine is not. Okay. In that area. I don't know why I'm so scared. This is the first time I've ever been like... Oh shit! That'd oh be shit! Really funny. I'd be so mad. You wouldn't have to redo all your notes. That's true. <laughs> well, I guess the best way to uh, find out is for me to start talking. Yes, please. Okay. Um. So today I am going to be telling you the story of three different disappearances. Okay. Um. In the. <laughs> Minnesota, Wisconsin okay. region. All right. Not Minnesota. Not Wisconsin for my story. Is your a dis- disappearance, though? M- mine has disappearances in it. Yes. Okay. I. You know what? I have a feeling we might be doing the same thing. Just tell me. Just tell me. Oh, dear God. Maybe not, though. Okay. Here I'm we so go. I'm scared. <laughs> All right. So back in 2002, between November 1st and November 9th, Three different college-aged male students went missing after leaving either a bar or a party in the early morning hours. We're not doing the same thing. Okay, good. (laughs) The first was Christopher Jenkins. He was 21, and he disappeared um, early in the early morning hours of November 1st, leaving a bar near the University of Minnesota campus. It was Halloween night, and Christopher was dressed as an American Indian. Um, Classy. Yeah. Second was... Michael Knoll, he was 22. He disappeared in the early morning hours of November 6th after leaving a bar near the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Um, He was going out celebrating his birthday with his friends. And the third male to disappear was Joshua Gumond, I believe is how you say his last name. Okay. Um, He was 20, and he disappeared while leaving a a house party 
um, near St. John's University in Collegeville, Minnesota, um, which is near St. Cloud. I have heard of these stories before, but I haven't like really looked into them and I don't remember much. But one thing that always weirdly sticks out to me is I worked with a kid named Chris Jenkins. Oh, weird. Yeah. And it's not the same person because he's not. Obviously not. (laughs) He hasn't vanished. But. Well, this was also in 2002 and he's no longer alive. So. So. Um, And this was much more recent than that. Yeah. So. um, Back to my story. Sorry. (laughs) All three of these males disappeared within four hours of each other, like geographically. Um, So between Collegeville, Minnesota, and Eau Claire, it's about four hours. Okay. Um, All three students. It's only four hours? It's about. Wow. I thought that was a much bigger span of air of it's only about two hours from here to you know, eau claire and from that's true. here to collegeville it's probably only an hour and a half that's true i don't know why it just seems like so much bigger of an area yeah um all three students attended colleges that were right off of interstate 94 and they were all around the same height and build of each other um, the parents of two of these boys believe that there could be a connection um, but obviously i want to hear what you think at the end of this um do you know why only two sets of parents think there's i'll get into it okay Okay. yep um so let's first talk about the disappearance of christopher jenkins christopher disappeared from the lone tree bar and grill which was located in downtown minneapolis on halloween night um lone tree is now closed but i looked it up online and it looks like it was located not too far from the ta- the target center in downtown minneapolis okay so, so like downtown, downtown yeah kind of where all those like bars are that a lot of people go to okay. um almost like the warehouse district i would say if you're familiar with the minneapolis area um one source that i read said that christopher got a little too intoxicated that night i was kicked out of the bar and started walking home alone According to the bouncer, he left the bar and took a left down Hennepin Avenue. Um, now, again, for anyone who isn't from the Minneapolis area, I want to give a quick overview of like how far it would be for him to walk from downtown Minneapolis back to the U of M campus. Yeah. Um, so the U of M campus is prob- it's like pretty much almost in downtown Minneapolis, I would say. Um, there is the believe the mississippi river that goes through there yeah i I think you're i think you're right there's a river that goes through there so he would have to cross some bridges and stuff um all it's not a super far walk but it definitely probably would have taken him some time i mean it's like a couple miles right oh more than that i would say i'm gonna guess like if i had to guess maybe about an hour okay walk okay so but it's like not five minute or a taxi yeah so not undoable but just especially if you're drunk it's gonna take a hot minute what do you mean well he you said he was like drunk right according to one source okay so it's gonna i mean you're not like walking a straight line and moving quick when you're drunk usually yeah i mean we'll talk about that because um there's another source that says that he wasn't drunk he spilled a drink on his pants and it looked like he um urinated on himself and that's why he got kicked out okay um so one source said he was drunk one source said he 
wasn't drunk. Um, I think the blood alcohol level in his body when he was found. So yeah, he. Yeah, you said he he passed. Yes, I think it it said it was point one two. Oh, that's not which for like a male. That's you not a younger male. You're definitely drunk, but you're not like completely smashed or anything like that. So yeah. Um, okay, sorry. We kind of got off a little topic there, but, um, apparently a show called Breaking Homicide did an episode about this case and they tracked down the bouncer from the bar that night who said that he did not kick Christopher out of the bar and that Christopher left on his own. But either way, Christopher left the bar and began walking. He left without his phone, wallet, and jacket. And as you and I both know, um, in October slash November, um, in Minnesota at night, it can get cold. Yeah. So, and it can go get cold fast. Yeah. So that was a little bit weird. I thought that he left without all that stuff, but if he was getting kicked out of the bar, he, they probably wouldn't have even given him a chance to grab that stuff. Well, neither of us know for sure. Cause neither of us have been kicked out of a bar for being drunk, but you would think they would let you at least have your stuff. You would think, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm just like trying to rationalize why why he would leave without all that stuff so i don't really know but um chris's family mounted a statewide search for him and even went as far to offer a fifty thousand reward to anyone who could help them locate chris however it would take four long months before christopher's body was found in the mississippi river so yeah it's the mississippi um near saint anthony on maine which is less than seven tenths of a mile from the bar that he was last seen leaving so they could still tell what his blood or his alcohol content in his blood was that long after he went missing apparently is it because his body was so cold do you think all right but that would be a very good guess okay because that's just surprising to me. i'm just surprised i guess that they they could still tell yeah well it's this is like kind of weird because like some people think he wasn't in the water that long Oh, so some people are suspicious about how he died. Yeah. Um, some, and they're, they're just like, there's, I mean, li- like that's literally seven tenths of a mile. Yeah. And they searched this area for months and then to not find the body and that's, yeah, that's weird. It's a little weird until four months later. And this like, it's not like it freezes or anything. It's no, it's a moving, a moving river. river. So that but and, then i'm like oh, sorry. that's okay but then i'm like well if in the autopsy you could tell what his blood alcohol level was and he was found wearing the um he was found wearing the indian costume he had okay. on so then i'm like i don't know well, maybe he was in the river that long but how i i'm sure you don't know this and i'm sorry for asking it but do you know how how quickly a decomposing body comes to the surface of a river or a body of water no but because we know that they do it's you gotta think too like again it's cold that river water is gonna be freezing that's true and that's gonna slow down that's very much so it's basically he's basically on ice that's true okay that's a good point so yeah um again christopher was found in his indian costume still on his body his legs and arms were crossed and his own hair was clenched in his hands yeah serious serious. it does not we like that we get it buddy (laughs) so 
that's another thing people said because this was um originally ruled a homicide which or sorry a suicide oh my bad so this was originally um labeled a suicide and a lot of people were like yeah but if he would have like jumped his arms and legs wouldn't have been crossed yeah no because that's that's actually like a life-saving measure if you're jumping from a super high distance to like make your body more compact like that is one of the ways to do that like so you don't break your limbs when you jump is to cross your so are you saying like the opposite of what <clears throat> no 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 i'm saying if saying. people are saying he if the police are saying he committed suicide it doesn't make sense for his body to have his arms and legs crossed because you do that when you enter the water so that hitting the water from a certain distance is like hitting a brick wall i'm gonna guess he was dead when he got put in the water that would make sense and i don't think he was tossed because they said if he was tossed from a bridge his body would have shown a lot more trauma yeah and and there was no trauma and that's why you would cross your arms and your legs when you jumped into a, a body of water like that is to keep the trauma less yeah but so you're saying that police are saying he did commit suicide or they were ruling it a suicide and not commit he completed suicide but his friends and family are saying no because of how his body was found not, right it wasn't just his friends and family it was like a bunch of well people. other people like are saying experts and no. stuff are okay. saying that so i'm agreeing with them but i'm not making it's i don't know i just i'm having a hard time explaining what i mean i guess okay maybe uh, i'm just not get. i just don't think that the different that that has anything to do with why okay. his arms and legs are crossed i guess is what i'm saying okay um but in 2006 tim dolan who is the new minneapolis police chief held a press conference apologizing to christopher's family and officially ruling christopher's death a homicide that's really classy actually yeah that is um during christopher's autopsy it was found that there was not enough alcohol in his system to affect his speech or ability to walk they also found ghb in his system ghb when mixed with alcohol can often lead to blackouts and is called a date rape drug yikes yeah um although it was really weird because one source i read was said that our bodies can produce its own ghb so they're like we don't know if there's actually ghb in his system or if like his body produced it but i was like um i don't really know about that one i've never heard that in my whole life yeah so i don't know i thought i would mention it because it wasn't one of my sources but i'm gonna guess that he probably didn't if we have any people that study biology and can give us more detail on that please let us know because that would be that'd be something new yep um okay so that's christopher jenkins story um, now we're going to move on to Michael Knoll. He was a 22-year-old college student who was originally from Rochester, Minnesota. Michael left the Nasty Habit Saloon on November 6th in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. That's an amazing name for a bar. Yeah, <laughs> it is actually. After celebrating his birthday with friends, one of my sources says that after he left the Nasty Habit Saloon, Michael entered the home of an elderly woman in her late 60s. That woman talked Michael into leaving. However, he dropped a baseball cap in the home, which was later identified as Michael's. Um, again, not sure if that like actually happened or not, but that would be so scary to have some random person just like walk into your house. I think it actually happens a lot in college towns. Like I've heard multiple, multiple stories of this happening where like 
drunk kids will just find open doors and they'll think it's their own house and they'll, they'll like pass out on the couch or whatever That's crazy yeah so lock I, your door people i don't know she, she just seemed like she was pretty cool and was just like okay like not your house like she didn't call the cops or anything so yeah, that is nice um but again i this was in some of my sources it wasn't in all of them so um just like christopher's family michael's also formed dozens of dozens of search parties trying to find michael Police, family, and friends searched land and bodies of water, such as the Chippewa River and nearby lakes in the area, for Michael's body. Nothing was found until again four months later, when Michael's body was found in Half Moon Lake, protruding through thin ice. So he went missing in November, was found in February. Um, so the lake, he was found in a lake, so it would have frozen over. There's something really gruesome about half protruding out, yeah, of, out of the ice. ice. Like, yeah. that's just really a horrific visual. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it was there the whole winter or when, and then when it started to melt, that it, his body. And you said it was starting to melt in February? Well, that says four months later, but I'm just guessing maybe. Like, I didn't have an exact date. Okay. But usually, like, if we have a nice, like, spring or whatever early early spring yeah like (laughs) the lakes and depending on how big the lake is too like around the edges of lakes can that's true the ice can start to melt yeah so that's true you never know um now if you're anything like me uh you are curious if chippewa river drained into half moon lake and yeah it does so okay i kind of figured um you know maybe he was put into the river and he got into the lake somehow yeah um and that makes sense both the lake and river were checked extensively throughout the search so did his body have signs of damage from going because sometimes they'll have damage from going down the river michael's death was listed as a possible freshwater drowning and his body shown no signs of trauma okay interesting nope no michael's family is the one that just doesn't believe there is any foul play involved in his death um however obviously there are some other people who think differently than okay so they really think it was just like this terrible tragic accident yeah i think they just think he maybe he was a little too drunk and he fell in the river and it was cold and he he drowned okay okay so now that is michael's story let's talk about the last male in our story uh joshua so joshua gumond was a 20-year-old student at St. John's University, located just outside of St. Cloud, Minnesota, and was last seen leaving a dorm room that was located just three-minute walk from his own dorm room on November 9th. Um, So it sounds like uh, the place that he was at was like a student apartment. Okay. Because um, if you know anything about St. John's, like I do, uh students are required to live on campus all four years okay so i'm assuming they have like nice student apartments that they allow upperclassmen to rent and And so he wasn't they weren't in the same building though right so he lived in one dorm building and this wherever he was was a difference okay yep that would make sense because i'm sure he's not found inside yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> that night, Joshua told his friends he was going to attend a card game at another friend's student apartment on campus. Around midnight that night, Joshua told his friends at the card game that he was going to make the short walk back to his dorm. However, uh, Joshua never made it back. Uh, he 
He left without his glasses, a jacket, or his wallet. I don't know why these guys are leaving without jackets. Because they're 20-somethings and they're invincible. Well, I have to say, though, when I think back to, like, my college days, like, going out, I never wore a jacket. I still sometimes don't wear a jacket. So I guess I can understand why. Especially if it's, like, a three-minute walk. You're not, like, that's nothing, really. Yeah, you don't want to ruin your fit with a jacket. Yeah. Um, God. Totally. You know nothing. Apparently not. (laughs) Um... So the next morning, Joshua's roommates realized he never made it home. They started to look for him. Um, that's when he, they like found out that he left the card party around midnight and never made it home. Um, and that's when they called the police. So friends and family immediately began searching for Joshua. His friends and family described him as a careful and organized. So he never would have left or taken off without his glasses, um, his coat, or his wallet. And so they're like, that's a little weird that it was just all left behind. Um, the search for Joshua got so big at one point that even the National Guard got involved. Had they been drinking during this card game? Yeah. Or, I can't remember if St. John's is a dry campus or no. not. Well, I mean, that doesn't really matter. Well, that's true. So most campuses are dry campuses, but um, I'll get, I was going to, I'll get oh, into that okay, too. Sorry. Uh, this, Jumping ahead again. The search for, okay, sorry, I already said that. Local uh, law enforcement focused most of their attention around campus and specifically around stump flake which is located between the student apartments and joshua's dorm so he would have had to walk right by the lake on his walk home that night i feel like i read somewhere that this lake had a like it had like a little bridge over it that students could walk on okay um but i had never confirmed that so um okay now the people that Josh was with that night um, said that he was. they were drinking. However, they stated that Josh wasn't drinking enough to be drunk to the point where we, like, wasn't able to walk. Okay. So he was, like, he had been drinking, but he was pretty fine. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's what they said. Now they could just, they could just be saying it so, you know, maybe he's, he doesn't get in trouble or it just yeah sounds a little better but i would just believe that they're telling the truth on that at this point like as long as none of them killed him they really (laughs) don't have anything to hide you know like you want to find your friend so hopefully you'd be truthful um there was a nonprofit organization called the trident foundation which helped joshua's family search the three lakes on the saint john's campus with underwater search equipment and found no traces of joshua's body so the difference between Michael and Christopher's case and Joshua's case is that Josh, Josh's body has never been found. And those are the only three bodies of water that they've searched or just like in the area or that makes sense? That's just where they focus their search. Okay. Um, yeah. Because like a, a lot of people will know this, especially Midwesterners, but Minnesota is known as the land of 10,000 lakes. So I'm sure those aren't the only three that could have been searched. Well, I'm assuming but if they're they the probably, only three that made sense to search, that would be I'm why. I'm sure they probably searched like a lot of other lakes in the area, but the nonprofit only specifically used the underwater search equipment for those three lakes. Okay, I see. So I'm I'm just thinking maybe they're like, okay, we have enough money for like this. Let's pick the three that would make the most sense. Yeah. Um. Now, this is probably, this will probably ring a bell to you. 
The Stearns County Sheriff's Department actually told Josh's dad that they thought that Josh either fell into quicksand, like a, into a quicksand-like swamp, and Josh's body was swallowed up, or they even once told his dad that his body could have possibly possibly been eaten by turtles. Do you remember this? I don't, but those both sound batshit crazy. It's from the In the Dark podcast. Oh. Yeah, she, they talked to Joshua's father because... This is one of the cases that they believe was very mishandled. So that's what the Stearns County Sheriff's Department told his dad. Yeah, that... I'm... Again, I wish this was a video podcast. Because, like, my face as you were talking just got more and more disbelieving. Like, I have never in my life heard of a, an entire body bones teeth everything being eaten by turtles yeah now had you said alligators right i would have been like yeah bullshit we live in minnesota we don't have gators but that makes more sense than turtles and that's like um i mean like i know they had some people come in and like test the soil and they're like there, this is not a place that would have quick like sand that his body could have been swallowed up in and they talked to like experts on turtles and they had them come and like you know search around and they're like no this is not a thing that would I would happened. believe a dog before I would believe a turtle yeah I don't know so just weird but to this day, we don't know what happened to Joshua, and his body has still never been found. That's really sad. Yes. Um, now, both Joshua and Chris- Christopher's parents believe that there could be a possible connection between these three cases. They went missing within 10 days of each other. They were all high achievers in school, and they are all about the same height and weight of each other. Um, now, one extremely popular theory of these three disappearances is probably someone you've heard of before. Or the smiley face killer. The smiley killer. face killers. Yep. Killers. Killers. There's more than one, huh? Now, let's talk about the smiley face killers theory for Yikes. a second. And I, I, I thought there was only one. I want to say theory because this has never actually really ever been proven. So, this is a conspiracy, too. Yes. Cool. So... Two retired NYPD officers, Kevin Gannon and Anthony Durate, began tracking the bizarre and odd drowning deaths of young men around the country. Victims were mostly white, athletic college students, and most of the, de- most of the deaths occurred along the I-94 corridor. So, the Interstate 94 corridor. Interesting. Um, another interesting thing is... Um, I didn't mention it before, but Christopher Jenkins was on the lacrosse team, um, so he was athletic. Okay. They believe it started with the death of college student Patrick McNeil, who drowned in New York City in 1997. The death was originally ruled an accidental drowning due to alcohol intoxication, which most of the cases that are linked to the smiley face killers are ruled accidental drownings. Um, Are they all because of alcohol or just all accidental drowning? It's to, it's usually because of alcohol. I don't okay. want to say all, but yeah. But Detective Gannon disagreed with the findings after doing his own est- investigation into the crime scene photos and looking into McNeil's autopsy. Gannon and Durate were eventually joined by another former NYBD detective, 
Mike Donovan, and a St. Cloud University professor, Dr. Lee Gilbertson, and they began what they now call the Smiley, uh, the Smiley Face Killers Theory. Okay. Um, now, according to an article written by the by A and E, Gannon, Durate, Donovan, and Gilbertson theorized that there was a organized group of serial killers who would drug unsuspecting victims either at a bar or a party, then abduct, hold, and torture the victims before finally dumping their bodies into a river. But the problem with that and connecting the ones that you've told me about is that the two bodies that we found haven't had any serious trauma, right? Yeah. So usually trauma or usually torture. I mean, I guess it leaves depends a on what kind of torture we're talking about. There's a lot of different. That's forms I suppose of if it's not. I'm I'm thinking physical. Yeah. It could definitely be mental or or emotional yeah. or yeah. So you're right. You're right. I mean, even physical sometimes. What are you thinking? I don't really want to say it out loud. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it's bad. Okay. Um. Text me. Yeah. <laughs> Now, the theory was eventually called the Smiley Face Killers Theory because the team found smiley face graffiti at at least a dozen locations where speculated killers dumped the bodies. Okay, that's that's a lot of locations. Like, I could understand, like, writing it off if it was, like, one or two, but 12 is a lot. Yeah, but then I also think to play devil's advocate, I'm like, okay, if, like, you got some kids... And they're out and they're, you know, just fucking around with some spray paint. Yeah. What's the easiest thing for kids to... Yeah, a smiley face. A smiley face. Yeah. So, but again, 12 is a lot. 12 is a lot. Especially in, like, an area that they're pretty sure a body was dumped. Yeah. Or found or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, Now, these smiley faces were found all over the Midwest from Ohio, Pennsylvania, which I know isn't technically the Midwest, um, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. The team publicly announced their theory in 2008, holding a press conference, but their theory has never really been able to be proven. Um, A lot of people in law enforcement, in the law enforcement world, believe that this theory is just that, a theory. Okay. Um, which I can understand because there's, it's easy to kind of poke holes. Yep. Like we, we just did. Yeah. You know, um, no one has actually been able to prove that the smiley face killers exist. I've seen online that there are anywhere from 30 to 40 deaths linked to the smiley face killers and 19 of those deaths happened in and around the neighboring states of Minnesota and Wisconsin. That's a lot. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause yeah. I mean, we don't hear about it, that kind of stuff. No. Too much? No. I mean, there's some cases I can think of of hearing about drowned males in the area, but not 19. <laughs> no. I, I would say, like, off the top of my head, these are two that I've heard covered the most. Yeah. And I actually hadn't even heard of them until I started you hadn't? researching this case. I, I know one podcast I listened to did did this one. Oh, okay. But I, and that's like the only reason I would know. Yes. Um, now, the most recent case that I have seen that I was able to find that was possibly linked to the smiley face killer was in September of 2019 at the University of Minnesota Duluth. 
college student Jacob Lavoie went missing Sunday, September 1st, after he was seen leaving Grandma's sports garden down in Canal Park after a night of drinking with his friends. He was seen walking north towards downtown Duluth. Um, his body was found Friday, so five days later, um, at the Minnesota Slip, which is right behind Grandma's, um, in 10 feet of water. There was said to be a smiley face spray painted on the wall not too far away, but I never actually saw that written in any of my sources. That was kind of just like rumor. the rumor that went around at the okay. time. So, you know, I thought I would mention it because it's no, the most recent one I could find that was linked to this. You and weren't still in college then, right? No, that was... Like two the, years? No, the fall after oh, I graduated. Okay. Uh, No, you're right. Two. I graduated in May of 2018, so... About a year and a half after okay. I graduated. But I remember hearing about it. Well, yeah, because if you have any friends, that would still be up there, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, that is all I have for the, the stories of the disappearances of Christopher Jenkins, Michael Knoll, and Joshua Gumond. Um, and I'm, like, curious on... What do you think of the theory of the smiley face killers? I, I'm very undecided. I think it's an interesting theory, but I think it's probably, as of right now, just a theory. I have a hard time, like you said, it's such an easy, like, kids draw smiley faces all over the place all the time. Like, prominent marker, pen, whatever. Like, if it was something a little more um original than just a smiley face like if it had its tongue out and an x for an eye or you know like yeah if it was just more specific i would be more willing to believe that like there was something going on and there's um like i read that each none of the smiley faces were like similar like they i mean they're all smiley faces but they weren't drawn the same or anything um they they didn't use the same color spray paint or anything okay. like that but again if your theory is that there's a group of serial killers are they organized enough to be like you have to use purple spray paint and you have to draw your smiley face exactly like this or are they just like oh also toss a smiley face on the wall yeah and see like that's why i think it's a good theory i just don't think we have enough information yeah i, I think that we need more of a signature than just that and why only 12 why not all 30 to 40 yeah like if that's your your calling card your signature yeah yeah. like why are you only putting that on 12 different cases or like yeah places unless there is actually a smiley face killer and he's actually only killed 12 people and all the other people are just like mistake or accidents or whatever yeah like i don't know like and if it is one person why aren't you making it all exactly the same you know if it's a group of people that kind of makes sense but like when i draw a smiley face they usually all look pretty much the same yeah because i you know like a handwriting expert would probably be able to be like oh yeah she did that but not that yeah um do you think any of these three or four, I will add in um, Jacob, who was the UMD student, men were victims of the smiley face killers? I don't know. I I think it 
maybe makes it less painful for families to believe like that it was just this horrible accident that would for me would be harder to wrap my head around not me. I think I'm opposite really oh absolutely I think I would be like oh god you know I can wrap my head around an accident I can't wrap my head around my friend getting murdered I don't I mean it's not good either way but I I don't know I just have a hard time they're very similar but one of the problems with colleges is they're often built by water you know my the college I went to the first one (laughs) was also actually both of them that I've been to was also by water and so like you mix alcohol with young kids and water and it's just not a great combo you know I'm gonna disagree with you on that one that's fine (laughs) just because I've been blackout drunk next to a ginormous lake and never once was I like let's go near the water or swim um that you remember you were blackout I would remember (laughs) that um I think for me I think if any of these victims were uh you know killed by the smiley face killers I think Christopher Jenkins story makes the most sense to me yeah just because he was drugged with the GHB and uh, just the way he was found with his arms and legs crossed and his own hair in his hand just didn't really make sense to me. Um, now, with his, they didn't find a smiley face anywhere, but they also said that the problem was they didn't really know where his body was put into the river. Yeah. Cause, so they didn't know where to look. Yeah. So that could be part of it. But if I had to, like, pick or choose one of these three or four... Um, I would say his probably makes the most sense to me for yeah, being. I would agree. A victim of the Smiley Face Killers, and then my second one would be Jacob Lavoie, the UMD student. Yeah, because he was found in so little water, right? It was ten feet, but again, like he was missing for five days, and he literally was found right behind where he was last seen. Yeah, and that's like not an area that isn't frequented frequented a yeah, lot you know Canal it's Park like is like very busy especially that's one of the places that like tourists go especially in september early september like with that, the freshmen and that could have even been like memorial day weekend or right around there so people are still labor taking day. sorry yeah labor day weekend so people are still taking vacations and yeah and you think you okay so we went missing at grandma's the first place we're gonna look is probably around grandma's by grandma's yeah that's and a good point they would include you would think they would include the water yeah so i don't know that's a little suspicious to me okay and i'm trying to think of the area and think if like he could have gone into the water somewhere else and like floated over there or drifted over there mm-hmm. and i can't really see that either to be honest with you um so that one's a little suspicious to me and if there actually was a smiley face i mean i don't know yeah i don't know it it definitely is an interesting theory it's definitely something to watch out for but i i don't know if i'm completely convinced yet yeah i definitely wouldn't say i'm completely convinced either i think there's definitely some weird similarities yes and if it's not this like a group of serial killers like i could definitely 
see there being some links between at least some of these cases for sure. I think you're right there. Isn't it an organized group of serial killers with a smiley face calling card? I don't really know. Yeah. Um, no, obviously there are, like I said, between 30 and 40 victims that they have kind of grouped in with this. I only talked about four. Yeah. So, you know, maybe some of the other cases are a little bit more compelling. Yeah, I don't maybe. know. These ones I just wanted to do because they're so close and relevant to our area yeah and they all disappeared within 10 days of each other which i thought was which is really weird very and, interesting and, and especially they're, they're on that same road all on the same road yep so that's really weird too yep. so i'm telling know. you it's the truckers seriously <laughs> i'm just kidding truckers no shame to the truckers but that i-94 is literally semi-truck central so it's just a, an interesting scapegoat that we can throw yeah. out there. We don't really want to accuse all truckers of being terrible people because we know they're not, but it's just kind of funny. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my story for this week. That was a good one. I didn't realize it was – like I I'd said I'd heard the story before, but I didn't realize they were so close together in a time frame. In a time frame, yeah. Yeah, that, that was surprising. Yep. Um. I wanted to do a disappearance again because I like the conspiracies behind it. You kind of yeah. get a little bit of true crime and conspiracy. So that that's kind of why I wanted to do something like this. I tried to keep my victims a little bit older this time for you. Thank you. <laughs> I know I'm still not. <laughs> Those kids were just, it was hard with all the kids. I'm still not getting, I mean, 20, 21, and 22 are not that old either. No, they're but, still kids. Yeah. But, um, kids promise, with free will. Next time. <laughs> I will do better. But she's gonna do like an eighty five year old like badass grandma or something. Who dies of natural causes. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the crime M uh I bet I could find something where she dies of natural causes and she still is a criminal. I bet you could. That's a fun challenge. I uh I would like to to hear that story. Maybe not next time, but you know. Yeah. Within the next eventually. Few. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I would love to hear our listeners theories on this one because it is, I mean, I feel like it's so widely debated. Yes. So if you have thoughts or theories or you have a case that you think might be connected to the smiley face killer that you want us to do an episode on, like we would be more than happy to do that. Obviously we'll post to our social media. So if you guys want to comment on there and we can have a cute little discussion i know we had some good listener discussions on the warren jeffs episode yeah and that was very fun for us so we love that you guys like we can't tell you how much we love that like, yeah so please talk to us i will post my um photos on when this episode drops so on tuesday so make sure to go check those out our um, socials are oh instagram mw madness podcast our facebook group is midwest madness podcast it's a group not a page if you join the page you're gonna be disappointed because i haven't been posting on there and i'm probably gonna just delete it yeah um and then our twitter is midwest no mw mad pod i think I don't know. It's there. I've tweeted like three times. I'm trying. It's I forget. 
And then our um, email is mwmadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, so. Sources. Oh, sh- Nikes. <laughs> it's a long list. Give that's, me. A, yep, that's fine. Give me a second here. Oh. I'm going to talk about Sirius and how cute he is while you do that. He's like I, really tired because A, we stayed up way past our bedtimes last night. Well, you know, go dogs, right? Yeah. And B, go bulldogs. Um, B, we maybe got like five hours of sleep, so <laughs> it's just not better. I was surprised he didn't bark when the dog trotted by. Oh, he didn't probably didn't even I see don't it. think he saw it. Okay, so um my first one is kylie's true crime um it's a blog that she writes my second one is the minnesota daily my second third one is chippewa.com which is like a a newspaper in eau claire okay oh i have two from there actually so chippewa.com body of a missing man found and chippewa.com please recover body of missing you w eau claire student so i have two articles from there okay um footprints at the river's edge which is another blog oh my goodness look at this chippewa.com again (laughs) surprise (laughs) to be honest i think i accidentally put one of my sources in here twice so i already said that one okay yep um my (laughs) next one was findjoshua.com i believe this is a website that was set up by his family and they kind of you know post and update it regularly My next one is abcnews.go. They wrote an article about these three students in Minnesota specifically who went missing. Um, And then Duluth News Tribune. Um, And my last one is anetv.com. All right. Long list there. Yeah. Cool. Well, that is all. I am signing off. This has been Emily. (laughs) And this is Danielle. And that's serious. Woof, woof. He's sleeping. Um, And we will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye.